As the red trickle for the midterm elections dries up faster than it started, we collectively turn our attention to the next big thing. Ryan's coming out party. I mean the 2024 presidential election. Naturally, for the Republican Party, their primary, primary will all but surely amount to a two-person race. In the red corner, we have the reigning, defending holder of Jim Acosta's soul. Number 45 himself, Donald J. Trump. In the other red corner, might just be the greatest modern-day governor America has ever known. He's clean. He's mean. He's a woke, liberal, wrecking machine. Ron Big D DeSantis! This battle... This battle, I must admit, will be bittersweet. It's kind of like when the two best teams in the league are in the same conference and the championship is decided in the semifinals. You're still getting best-on-best best action, but it won't be in the moment that matters the most. I also suppose that is more of a slight on the Democrats and their likely nominee, Gavin Newsom, who has single-handedly taken one of the most beautiful parcels of land in the country and turned it into a post-apocalyptic hellhole. Spoiler alert, Grand Theft Auto is officially no longer just a video game. So I guess you can categorize me as being in the camp that believes the White House will once and for all successfully convince Joe Biden that they are all out of ice cream. Regardless of the stage, however, the inevitable clash between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis will be like no other in recent memory. Donald Trump's rise to the top of, of the political food chain has once and for all changed the course of American politics. Before Donald Trump, populist American first politics was not even an option that existed. Never mind a possible destination on the map. It's fair to say that Trump's presidency may have saved America, even if only for a moment. Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, may possess the ability to take Trump's mega brand to the next level. Staunch supporters of DeSantis point to a strong political track record and tenacious but more diplomatic style. Some argue that he is Trump incarnate but without the baggage. Join us in this episode as we break down the inevitable Trump versus DeSantis showdown during the Republican primaries. Which of two men is the best option to become victorious in the next, most safest, and most securest election to date? 2024 is two years away, but the push to save the West starts now. Welcome back to the 13th Hour. First, I'd like to announce to our based viewers that the 13th Hour is now officially a podcast and not just a YouTube show. It took Mystery Lady nearly a year, but she has finally got us onto Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We can also be watched on Rumble and Odyssey, and our viewers can interact with us on Instagram or Twitter. The links to all of these platforms are in the description section of the episode or can be found on our YouTube banner. Please subscribe to us on as many of these platforms as possible. We are a small podcast fighting the good fight for truth, humor, and personal responsibility. Subscribe to us and don't miss out on future content. So obviously we had to take a bit of a break. Uh, I had to grow out a bit of uh, bean sprouts on the top of my head. And now that I'm looking a little more like you, I feel comfortable uh, returning to the octagon. Boom shakalaka. A lot has changed and nothing has changed since we last uh, connected here. Um, Democrats still stealing elections. Probably... Democrats are still stealing elections um, and Republicans are still believing in the system uh, that it will, I guess, somehow, some way 
provide justice. You know, you mentioned Gavin Newsom as being one of the options for the Democrats, and that's probably a pretty good bet. Because uh, he has convinced, well, how many people in California? 50 million? 30, uh, 50, yeah, I think it's, it's 50. Both, yeah, he, somehow he's convinced yeah. 50 million people uh, that shitting in the streets is normal. I know you don't, you're not on TikTok, but uh, there was uh, about a few days back, I was scrolling through TikTok lives and there was a guy who is uh, longboarding throughout uh, downtown LA and people were 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 not too sure if he was actually in an American city or if it was a simulation from a video game because <laughs> of all the carnage throughout the streets. He's on the he's on the set of the next Mad Max movie. Basically, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know how it, they did it like when you look at pictures of California from the 60s and 70s, even the 80s, it's like the most beautiful place on earth. And somehow Democrats take control and it's mm-hmm. like it's like a war zone minus the war somehow. Well, there still is a war. There's a war on sanitation. Uh, there's a war. There's a war on sanitation. There's a war on sanitation. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a war on being able to uh walk your city streets without being uh without being inundated with bodily fu- fluids from some other human being so while you're while you're do- dodging the turds in the streets you also have to dodge like the people trying to mug you what a shithole! It's 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 kind of like American Gladiator meets Los Angeles. <laughs> just unbelievable! And it's unbelievable that there's that many people in California that are just are sort of like, eh, it's fine. This is where we are. There is, there is, and well, I guess a lot of people are probably insulated in some way, right? They have money. They're able to live in the less corrupt or uh, des- desecrated neighborhoods. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the walls are kind of closing in and there's becoming less and less places that you, you can become insulated from, uh, the shit. Literally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty wild that <laughs> let's just say the fluoride in the water is working. That, that's fair. That's fair. The frogs are yep. gay. Um, so I thought, I thought we would start with, um, DeSantis since he is kind of uh, the new kid on the block in this scenario, right? Um, He's the challenger. So I found an article that kind of goes through it. I think it's a very fair assessment of um, Trump and what he was able to accomplish. And then uh, DeSantis and what he's able to bring to the table. And I also have a more pro Trumpian article that we can kind of leave for part two, if you're interested. Sure. And if if the, if the fans uh, so wish. So the first article is entitled DeSantis in 2024. It's by, I love this name, Christopher Skeet <laughs> from theamericanthinker.com, which I, I just found. And it's actually a pretty good website. There's, I guess, a lot of independent journalists on American there. Thinker is an excellent um, website. No- Very good journalism. Yeah, yeah, it's it's no nonsense, uh, straight to the point kind of stuff. Um, and this this particular article, um, I think it's it's uh, very well balanced. It's not biased at all. So let's start now uh, with the midterms behind us and 2024 already shaping up. The elephant in the room needs to be addressed. Trump has announced his intention to run, and there is no need, uh, no reason to think that DeSantis won't do the same. And with the information available to us now, I would argue that DeSantis is the better choice. Let's be clear. I'm very grateful to Trump for what he has accomplished during his presidency. I voted for Trump in the 2016 primary and in the 2016 election, as well as the 2020 election, and would wholeheartedly vote for him again in 2024 if he's the nominee. I support almost everything he did during his tenure, I loved how he took the media to task, and I felt uh, the deep state media alliance against him was one of the most despicable unconstitutional stains on our nation's history. 
He exposed conservative Caribbean cruises incorporated for the uh, weather vane fraud that it was. He destroyed the Bush, Cheney, and Clinton dynasties. He changed American politics forever. And try as they might, neither the left nor the never Trump sock pup- puppets can put the toothpaste back in the tube. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment of uh, Trump's effect on American politics. Yeah, he um, he changed the way that modern politicians approach the issues and how they communicate with the people. He took out the politics of politics. Let's just put it that way. And DeSantis is well. He wasn't a, he, he he wasn't a politician, mm-hmm. right? Um, he was a business guy who came at America and its current state at the time, 2016, as a business problem. And he looked for business solutions, right, which he knew were proven and successful to um, to elevate the economy. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that he did um, was stuff that he believed in because it was stuff that he had done in the past. And he was able to do this with an adversarial legislature uh, in Congress, even though the GOP controlled both uh, the upper and lower houses when he got elected. And they, they were still adversarial to his agenda because, you know, Republicans, establishment Republicans are the same as Democrats. Right, right. Well, it's it's kind of like a, a mucky middle. They're all in the mucky middle. It's the old uniparty. And uh, I know there's a lot of arguments for how well DeSantis has legislated in Florida, but he didn't have that problem. No, that's fair. That's definitely fair. And we can talk about that for sure because this article goes into some more specifics here. Um, So he says Trump was exactly the right man for 2016, but Trump is currently developing into more of a permanent liability than anything else. He's reached a point where his faults outweigh his virtues. Did you uh, catch his uh, speech where he announced his run for presidency? Which is excellent. Mm-hmm. thought he said everything he needed to say. When people talk about Trump's faults, this is the thing, I don't know if this article goes into it or not, but what are they talking about when they say his faults? Well, it goes into okay. it. It, go, it goes into it. Because it, yeah, it goes there's two it. things at play here. There is, and I, this is my counter argument to people are tired of Trump. It's not that you're tired of Trump. It's that you're tired of the media always demonizing trump you're tired of the media's reaction to trump right it's not trump himself that's the problem it's the media is on 24 mm-hmm. 7 like meltdown because of him and that's what people are tired mm-hmm. of honestly and this is why trump's support in rural areas doesn't wane because those people don't pay attention to media so so right. they're not being like uh shell-shocked by 24 7 ms dnc propaganda that trump is a nazi fascist whatever and this is um and the and so what a lot of people don't realize is that then say the next guy who isn't trump will say it's desantis if he's legitimate well guess what they're gonna do that to him too and then you're gonna be tired i get of the media's reaction mm-hmm. to him i guess the counter argument would be that trump opens himself up more than necessary to those kind of attacks because of his more um he's he's kind of a bit of a a hurricane right in uh hurricane trump i would i would kind yeah, but, of uh, but are, pinpoint are people him as being. do people have a problem with the fact that trump calls out the media and con- and confronts them probably not no i think it's i think it's his style in which he does it which is very brash very aggressive um DeSantis I think we could probably agree that he's he still goes after the media but he does it in a more composed state yeah but I don't know that that changes anything about how people react to how the media talks about anybody like don't forget George W. Bush was a Nazi too like they're just all gonna be Nazis I guess like Trump is what almost eighty years old mm. or no like seventy like late seventies right seven so, or something yeah so here's the thing about politics and being in the public life is that you kind of develop a brand and Trump has a brand that's very brash very in your face right very 
controversial, mm-hmm. very confronting. And I mean, part of those things are definitely things you need in politics, but maybe Trump goes and takes it a little bit too far. That would be the argument. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see it. Like when, like how people are constantly lying about it. How far, like there is no limit to how far you should take it. They're lying. Go after them, confront yeah. them. Like it's just an mm-hmm. odd thing. Mm-hmm. And this is, this speaks to the culture of uh, Western politics in general is that we've become so accustomed to the media and the political class lying to us that we mm-hmm. would rather be comfortable when they lie to us than and uncomfortable when someone points it out. And that's a really like Stockholm syndrome position. So I guess the the whole object and the whole objective of politics is to win, right? So would backing someone who's able to play the media a little bit better, um, understand what they're going to do and kind of be a step ahead, would that be more advantageous? Because Trump, I don't think he really plugs into any kind of game theory right Mm -hmm. he's kind of doing what he is born and bred to do Mm -hmm. and that's it's it's part of his charm to be honest right because he's 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 very authentic he he comes across as being very authentic however um he neglects in a lot of ways to think about uh his actions and kind of pre-plan um his attack it kind of just is right so maybe someone with more political acumen would be able to navigate the media a little bit better i mean that's predicated on the idea that it's political acumen that allows you to navigate being called a rapist and a nazi 24 7 right there's this idea that oh if you're you know more reserved or listen nobody has undergone the attacks that like nobody in the history of politics has withstood these attacks like trump has like it's crazy Mm -hmm. i've never seen this anywhere i don't even think they said this stuff about hitler it's almost like (laughs) it's almost like he wasn't supposed to win that's what i mean it's almost like he wasn't supposed to win and then so the other so yes in theory if there was somebody who was better at bulldozing the media but maybe with more tact or whatever he could attract a couple extra votes sure the issue though you run into is uh and i don't know what american thinker i mean i think they believe the elections are being rigged so the issue though is is that you sabotage your own position if you believe elections are being rigged because they will never let a legitimate candidate win again from the republicans never yeah it, it doesn't right. matter what right. his political acumen is if Ron DeSantis right. is the nominee and he's legit, he will not win. That's just how it is. Yep. Uh, unless something yep. is fundamentally changed about how voting is run between now and then. So, well, I I, I want to get too off topic here, but yeah, there is something something to be said about how DeSantis um, was looked very seriously at his election integrity mm. in Florida. Whereas uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona was more so concerned about the past. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't, she was not a policymaker though, so she couldn't do anything about election integrity if she wanted to. Not until she got elected anyway, which she didn't. Right. Or she might still, there's still things going on. But uh, but here's the interesting thing. So the, all the people saying, oh, like even we'll say the, the conservatives who think elections are legitimate. If, legi- if elections were legitimate, why did Ron DeSantis pass all those laws before this election? Mm-hmm. Right? The, he passed those laws because obviously him and his team are aware that there is fraud being exploited through mass mail-in ballots and drop boxes. And the fact that... Or here's the thing. Here's the thing. At, at best, like if you're, if you're looking at it uh, optimistically... Um, there are tons of loopholes and tons of avenues for fraud to uh, exist, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of things that need to be tightened up. And DeSantis looked into those gaping uh, openings and he closed yeah, them. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said. So there's a couple of takeaways from DeSantis 
in creating the election cops and the office of election integrity and passing the laws that outlaw mail and ballots and stuff. Um, first one gives credit to the fact that those things can be exploited to steal elections. Now, whether or not they were stealing elections in Florida, who knows, but he's obviously yeah. where there's a, a way to exploit that. Um, the other thing though, is that if, if he was illegitimate, he wouldn't need to do that because they would have allowed him to be elected. So it does lend credence to the fact that he's a legitimate populist candidate, at least like that. He is potentially another Trump. He's another sort of outsider because otherwise he wouldn't have right. to secure his own elections to win reelection. Right. Because if he mm -hmm. was one of quote unquote, one of them, they just would let him win. Yeah. The, I guess that's kind of what it comes down to is populism has become anti-establishment, right? Mm -hmm. It's just essentially doing things um, it, in a, I guess, ethical way um, and, and looking to what is best for the people that you hope to serve one mm -hmm. day. And, it, and so, it, I mean, getting off topic with the election stuff, but it is looking like conservatives are realizing that if they're going to have a chance in 2024... They have to cheat. I was gonna say it's 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 kind of hard, I guess, to uh, to fix the election laws and the uh, regulations and whatnot, um, and so you might have to look at other avenues to get the desired yeah, results. Yeah, like okay, moving if on. Once you cheat your way in there, you can fix it, but you got to get in there first. So exactly, exactly. From the outside, yeah, it's it's hard to infect change. Mm -hmm. So age, this is definitely something that I agree with. Uh, in 2024, Trump will turn 79 years old, which, despite his obvious advantage in mental capabilities when compared to Biden, is still pretty old to be president. But I will also throw in there that Trump is probably on some pretty good... Uh, stimulants that keep him nice and keep him nice and spry so yeah like it is a concern but also age to quote like many leftists is just a number and trump is showing well for his age there's a um there's a solution to that anyway we'll get to it though okay fair enough if you want to wait yeah well we'll get we'll leave, uh, we'll get leave. i'll wait till the end of the article to tackle that one Okay, cool. Uh, influence. And this is something that I would say that uh, Trump has a lot of right now. So the author writes, throwing big rallies is not enough. Most of his handpicked candidates just got thrashed in the midterms, calling into question the amount of influence he retains in crucial swing states. He supported these candidates because of their per personal loyalty to him. If we can fault McConnell for doing this, as we should, can we not fault Trump for doing the same? Um, and you brought up off air uh, about an interesting, I guess, um, uh, thing to pick out of the wins and losses in the midterms and which states Trump's candidates were successful and which states Trump's candidates were not. Yeah, the states where they tightened up the election laws, Trump's candidates still won. And the ones where they didn't, they lost. Also, there's, there's this idea that Trump's candidates didn't do well. He has an 82% endorsement rate. It's by far the greatest endorsement rate of any president and former president to, of all time. And he, ha and he had like a huge, it was over 95% this midterms. So it's like his candidates aren't just losing because they like Trump. They're losing because those, A, the ones, the big ones that lost, those were all coin flips anyway. Like they're states that are. Did he, did he or did he not endorse Oz? He did endorse Oz. That's an L. That's yeah. An L. Well, it was supposed to be Sean Parnell, he, but Sean Parnell pulled out. He 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 lost to uh, Biden's predecessor. Yeah, he did, or his successor, or successor, Cro-Magnon man. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, he's going to. Um, that's a coin flip too though in PA. Like that state is is split. So it's a tough one to win. 
And the same with Georgia is going to be a tough one to win. Arizona is a split state too because of all the California rejects. Like, so you're just getting like, it's a 50, 50 regardless. And if Trump doesn't endorse anybody, the Democrat definitely wins. Right. Well, I guess here's the flip side, right? Um, if, if it was DeSantis, that was the head honcho in this situation would a DeSantis endorsement do anything different? Well, DeSantis did endorse people, and they lost. So, well, I mean, DeSantis endorsed is. Carrie Lake; she lost. Yeah, right. Uh, DeSantis endorsed uh, some guy in Ohio or whatever; he lost. A guy that Trump did not endorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Trump mm-hmm. endorsed Lee Zeldin, who made huge like electoral uh, swings in the New York State. So. Even though mm-hmm. he didn't win the governorship, they won a lot of house seats and stuff. It's like so J.D. Right. Vance won when he, he beat an incumbent, right? And that's a Trump endorsement. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Like uh, this idea that the endorsement didn't work, like endorsements generally are 50-50 anyway. I, 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 guess, I guess the argument is there was a, a suspected and hopeful red wave. Well, And that didn't come to fruition. But who said that, though? The pundits. Shane. Yes. The yeah, the mainstream media said there'd be a red wave. Not not immediately though. They said it at in the last month. The red wave is an astroturf to create a narrative that Trump can't get it done. That it's the whole point. Nobody was talking about a red wave back in September. Because nobody expected a red wave. Okay, but however, do you not like think looking at the uh, realities of American politics and Biden's plummeting popularity, like worst in like decades, that there should have been more of a red push that the Republicans should have done better. Well, I mean, that would be predicated on a group of people who want to abort babies up until nine months and think men can be women deciding to vote Republican. So if you think insane lunatics are going to switch their vote because they got to pay 10 bucks for gas, I mean, you can believe anything, I guess. I never saw that happening, though, personally. The red wave was things mm-hmm. that were predicted by pundits, but I, did, I was like, well, when are these lunatics going to start voting Republican, though? Like, why would they? Yeah, I kind of got a little scared, too, considering how wrong they've been in the past. Well, and, and this is the thing. So I don't believe anything the mainstream... Look, the mainstream media has been lying to us for at least, minimum, 22, since 9-11, 20-some years. Shane, don't you remember the podcast we did when we talked about fake news in the yeah. 1800s? Yeah, exactly. So why would people... Like, I, this is... And we got to get away from this, like, at least the conservatives and the right... We stop trusting Fox News. It's dog shit. Like, I know they're supposed to be on our side. They're not, right? They're the same as everybody else. They're lying to you, and they've been lying to you for longer than you can remember. And they're going to continue lying. And this is, it's a crazy thing that we keep thinking. We're like an abusive relationship. We think, oh, no, Mm -hmm. they're, they're on our side this time. They're going to tell, no, they're, they're still lying to you. And they're going to continue to do it. And they lied about the red wave. There was no red wave. Like, I mean, there was. Like, this is the other thing. So there wasn't a red wave like they were thinking in Congress. However, uh, at the state level, they Republicans picked up stuff in every state. Right? Mm-hmm. So there was there's a there's a there's a red So it's what you define it as. It's what you define it as. And this is the other thing too. And again, so two years ago when the presidential election was fortified, well, everybody started talking about, so conservative Inc., you know, the right-wing pundits, the Charlie Kirks and stuff of the world, they all started talking about how uh, Tim Pool's state-level politics is is just as important as federal-level politics. So midterms comes around, and what do we, what does the right-wingers do? They get more involved in state-level politics. And now all the right-wing conservative ink is like, how come we didn't get more federal shit? Well, didn't you just tell mm. us that state-level politics was the way to go, the gr- like ground up? So a lot, they took a lot of elect, uh, a lot of school boards. Uh, they took a lot of Supreme Court seats at the state level. They and they took a lot of legislative seats at this uh, state level. 
It's, yeah, it sounds like both parties are a little amiss when it comes to their tactics. I know for the Democrats, they were heavy on abortion. And I don't think that played as well as they thought. Because if you look at the polling data, abortion doesn't rank as high as they would probably It's hope. also almost irrelevant what the Democrats try and put on the table as their big issue because they're fortifying elections <laughs> they don't have to fucking do anything <laughs> they're just gonna win fucking seats in certain areas there's nothing you can do about it you just gotta pay the right uh computer hackers and software engineers the right amount of dollars and you'll get the results it's that pretty you much the only way desire yeah <laughs> okay let's move on let's go to permanent instability we'll get i think this starts getting into uh the reasons as to why Trump is no longer fit to be president. Uh oh. So Trump had a bad habit of getting into public spats with administration officials who had resigned or were fired. Mattis, Kelly, Bolton. Radioactive disasters like the, uh, the Mooch and uh, Michael Cohen should have never gotten any closer to the White House than the outer fence. Whether these officials part of ways because of policy or personal differences or both, it's immaterial. The pattern that emerged was one of constant dysfunction. Yeah, it would be. I mean, it, again, this is like a... F so I guess the argument that I would, I would put forth based on what he said is Trump hired the wrong people and had the wrong people in positions of he power. He did. He hired a lot of the wrong people. Ultimately, though... This is so again, this is there's like the right is just very bad at understanding what they want. You wanted to elect an outsider into politics. So you did. So what makes you think any of those insiders would ever cooperate with that outsider? Also, what makes you think right. that it would be not dysfunctional? The whole point of electing mm -hmm. him into that office was to create dysfunction. And don't right. so this is the conservatives always do this, the right wingers. We want something to happen, it happens, and then we're shocked when the thing we wanted to happen actually happens. It's like, well, of course it's dysfunctional. He's an outsider. It's going to be dysfunctional because he, he almost can't. Trump's mistake is he should have just hired more outsiders. Is what he should have did, but he thought he could be a, like a, a great uniter, and he thought that he could appeal to people because of his America first agenda and stuff. And and to be fair, he did change some hearts and minds from the establishment, right? Like he's got big supporters, like Jenna Ellis hated him before he be, you know, he got into the white house mm -hmm. and, but she, she turned a leaf on him because she realized that he had the best interests of America at heart. The issue was, is that no establishment person would ever be on his side because he's anti-establishment. He's not part of them. And so they will always well, look what, to backstab him. What about um, the role that he gave Jerry Kushner, who's someone that was in his, his circle before going into politics, and probably the um, lack of support he received and the, the negative things that came from that appointment? I mean, Jer I mean Jerry Kushner apparently was... Had a big hand in the Abraham Accords, so that's good. Um, he, I think he did a good job on some things, and I think he did a shit job on others. Like he, he's the one that advised Trump not to investigate the safety of vaccines. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, he Jared Kushner is just some random guy married to his daughter, and it just so happens that he did some good, and he didn't do some good. So. So I, I would put forth the opinion that possibly Trump is too loyal in some situations, too loyal to a fault, and that gets him into trouble in trouble politically, which would be uh, probably the opposite of what a lot of pundits would be saying. Yeah, I think, I think if like if in you know some other universe where Democrats can't steal elections, if Trump wins in twenty twenty four. I think he should be far more ruthless and just be looking for results. Nothing else. No favors. 
no loyalty because your family or friends or you know I knew you or whatever. He should be like Elon Musk. Go in there. I want results. Whoever can give me results with with, with a kitchen yeah. sink and whoever can give you results <laughs> is in. And who can't give you results, yeah. you know, go do your own thing. Get away. Like, I, okay, before we before we hit to, before we go into a break. Is there anything that Trump has done or said that indicates to you that he is looking to make that switch and be a little more discerning with his appointments and decision making? Yeah, I think he wants to institute Schedule F, which is not really like probably the most significant thing any president has done as far as cleaning up Schedule F. Ske Schedule, Schedule F, F is an executive order that uh, realigns the federal branches that are not elected to uh to basically all authority derives from the executive and they no longer have protections for employment which means he can mm -hmm. fire everybody the deep yeah. state <clears throat> which means he can fire literally anybody who is is has not been elected not been appointed and so the administrative state in Washington is the cancer so that Trump guy, mm -hmm. he has a bit of an ego. A little bit. Some may say. Yep. Reading now, he tolerates zero criticism, even if legitimate. He fights every single battle on principle rather than saving political capital for the ones that matter. He made every midterm campaign rally about him. On election night, he openly gloated when Republican candidates lost. And now he's taking unprovoked swipes at DeSantis, a move that emanates fear and insecurity rather than leadership or confidence. Bluntly put, he doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. It's petty and has gotten old a long time ago. And this, I would say, is probably part of the beauty in Trump and part of his downfall. He hasn't quite found a balance. He's always, he's a New Yorker, so he, he's going to go out swinging, right, no matter what. And that's part of the thing that has endeared him to so many people, but then it's also turned others off. Well, and this is the problem. Again, this is a conservative issue more than anything. Um, mm -hmm. We want somebody because they do X, and we know X comes with Y. So we bring them in, mm -hmm. and they do X, and then they also do Y, and we're like, well, why are they doing the Y part? Well, <laughs> what the fuck? You yeah. don't see that on the Democrat side. They know they got lunatics in there, and they're fine with it. Right. Like, I mean, Democrats don't even fucking complain about Joe Biden, for God's sakes. Like, it's... A well, yeah, they they think of political the think of politics differently uh, than the Republicans. I think the left uh, thinks about politics as just um, obtaining and retaining power, mm -hmm. whereas the right seems to see more decorum, more. Here's um, the thing, uh, like the president or your rep or what these are not like they're not literal avatars of you, right? They're going right. to do their own thing as well. And as long as they're right. getting the policies, this is the thing. There's so many complaints about Trump and they're all about how he talks and the fights he gets into and stuff. Dude, I don't give a shit. The economy was the best it had been in my lifetime. Well, and I think this goes back to the whole saying, have you heard this one before? That politics is for uh, ugly people. Mm -hmm. It's for people who wanted to end up in Broadway, wanted to become a star in Hollywood, but they ended up just having to duke it out in the political arena instead. And Trump kind of fits that mold, right? He has those uh, characteristic skills and traits of an actor, of an entertainer, mm -hmm. right? Um, but he, he kind of um, doesn't have the entire persona he's not fake and he's a very real person with very real faults and that is honestly one reason why i do admire and it's guy. it's one of the things that 
like the right wing is not used to. They're not used to a real person being up there. And I think it throws them off because real persons have flaws. They say things sometimes they're not supposed to say. That's what makes him mm -hmm. legitimate. It's like mm -hmm. he's not fake. And then you you elected him because he wasn't fake, for fuck's sakes. Now you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, he's too real. We got to get rid of him. But the other thing, too, that drives me nuts is when people are like, oh, we need a How come the GOP never fights? Republicans never fight. Trump fights everything. We don't want him fighting. Come on, man. <laughs> this is the the schizophrenia of right wing, right? Like all the, it's fine to criticize. Trump. Well, here's it, 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 you know what it is? It's it's the the left's indoctrination through the media. It it kind of it it makes it it creates a chink in their armor, so they're not as conservative and they're not insulated from those uh, attacks and and that. Uh, um, yeah, attack on their uh, sensibilities. Well, it's the it's the orange man bad psyop, and while it didn't yeah. achieve what it necessarily was intended to achieve, it did achieve something. And what it's done is it's created this image in the right winger's mind that Trump is more flawed than he is, is worse than he is, not as bad as the left says though. Right. But it has moved the needle over. It's also one of the things that created that suspension of disbelief about the 2020 election. Now, anybody that does any sort of research into that, it take you maybe a couple hours. You'll come away thinking you might not be able to say for sure it was stolen, but you know something was very fucked up. Right. Because the only way you'd know if it was stolen is if you were literally able to audit every vote again. Which right. you can't do. Right. So there's there is the, the plausible deniability there. However, it was totally fucked up. But the orange man bad psyop planted the seed in a lot of the right wingers yes. that oh, Trump yes. is just so bad that nobody voted yes. for him. He didn't get enough votes, even though he increased his yes. vote total by twelve million. He, in fact, th that's, that's it's the yeah. single largest increase in votes in history. And so for, for an incumbent and somehow people are like, no, no, or it's orange man bad. He didn't win. And it's like, no, man, that's the psyop. It worked on you if you believe that. Right. It, and it's fine to mm -hmm. criticize Trump. I mean, I, I can, I have lots of criticisms of Trump. I thought he could have did more. I thought he should have been uh, like more ruthless. I was always wanting him to be more ruthless about who he had in his circle, how he approached like the domestic policy stuff. But he just wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, because I think deep down he wants people to sort of like be on his team. You know what I mean? I was going to say, like, for uh, how abrasive Trump is, deep down he wants to be liked. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a bit of he a wants weird you on situation, his team. but I do get that Yeah, he vibe. wants you on his team. Yeah, and uh, it's just... And he was actually, like for all the, the presidents and politicians who want to unite America... I think he actually really truly he wanted that. Wanted yeah, that. he thought he could do it, but they, they won't let you do it. They've psyoped too many people. They've psyoped they've psyoped us for fuck's sakes. There's yeah. so many people yeah. out there, like like right wing pundits on Twitter that were pro Trumpers are like, oh no, you know he lost that 2020. And I was like, man, come on. Like it's fine if you think he's abrasive, but like seriously, don't let the orange man bad psyop just juke you into believing that a guy that did no campaigning and is like mentally deficient got 81 million votes. Come on. Yeah. And uh, that speaks to electability, which I'm going to finish off here now with, which is essentially what we're all um, interested in is how electable is Trump and he, is he the most electable candidate or is it DeSantis? Or maybe, I don't know, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Like, out of out right. of all the conservatives? Uh, is, is... No, no, all, all the candidates. Okay, the is, uh, is, uh, is, are, is American Finger going to touch on electability here? Okay, <laughs> yes, go ahead. We will never know with 100% certainty uh, what exactly happened in the wee hours of November 3rd, 2020. But in a sense, that doesn't matter. The election should have never been that close. 
and Biden should have never been blown out of the water uh, in a repeat or should have been blown out of the water in a repeat of Mondale's 1984 drubbing. Trump's unpopularity can be attributed in significant part to both the nonstop media barrages, which you mentioned, as well as the fraudulent investigations. But to deny that Trump's personality played no role whatsoever in deterring would-be voters is to deny reality. Do I personally think that it is uh, his personality uh, which played a decisive, decisive factor? No, I don't. But millions of people do. And the evidence suggests that we've done little to convince them otherwise. So I guess there's the kind of stuff that we've already talked mm-hmm. about. Um, Trump having a very <clears throat> particular personality that isn't for everyone. And I guess when you're when it comes to politics, you want to um, have the most likability for the most amount of people. And did Trump really have that kind of wide reach? Well, I mean... Look, as far as the Mondale Reagan comment, they didn't use voting machines back in 1979 or whenever that election was run. So, uh, no, Mondale got blown out because you had to show up and actually vote, which would happen to any Democrat right now if that was the case. doesn't matter who you put up there. Um, and like I said, he's, he's fallen into the Trump psyop. Because the media yelled at you for seven years about Trump being bad. Now, even conservatives think, well, maybe he is bad. Right? And and so this is now the, it's the mechanism that they've planted into your brain to deny the obvious that the elections are fucked up. So as long as Trump is up there, they'll keep stealing them. Because they have that plausible deniability that, well, he's just orange man bad, so obviously he can't be electable. Yeah, yeah I would argue that um, Trump's uh, inability to control his reactions uh, speaks to his likability and his, I guess, for a billionaire, he seems to be more like us than more like mm-hmm. them is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Right. He's, he's, he's more in the trenches. He's more, um, uh, into, um, I guess the nuts and bolts of politics and human interactions. And he's not going to let someone speak ill of him, especially if it's not warranted. And especially when there's no other mechanism available to, challenge them if if we had a legitimate media even if fox news was legit trump wouldn't have to go after the rest of the media because fox news would say oh we're gonna fact check cnn yeah they're lying about that or something but there's nothing there's no mechanism for that so he feels he has to do it on his own uh and ultimately who cares like this is the thing again the schizophrenia of conservatism is what do you want? And and this is this is where we have we got to get there. If we're if anything's ever going to change, what do you want? Do you want to win, or do you just want to be comfortable again? Do you want it to be like the Bush, Obama years, where the you know society's slipping down that slippery slope, but just slow enough for you to be okay with it. Right, right. So slow enough that you don't notice That's right. it as much. And so, no, okay. I don't want that. And and this is so Roe v. Wade was a big talking point in the midterms for them. And they were saying, oh, you know, that's going to energize Democrat voters. And I'm like, who fucking cares? How many well, babies are being how, saved? How much How much can you energize a dead person? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but and this is but the thing I hate about that is this is the conservative outlook is always soft right? Roe v. Wade got overturned. It's like the most significant right-wing victory in decades. And you guys are worried. Well, They're worried about... Well, hold on. They're worried about it's going to energize left-wing voters. But the point Mm -hmm. is, is the fact the sooner it gets overturned, the sooner you're saving lives of babies. Who fucking cares if we lose a couple of seats in Congress? No, I agree with you, but I think you have to kind of look to maybe the two parties 
right? And what they are promoting. So on the left, we have the progressive, which is an offensive stance. And on the right, we have the conservatives, which is a defensive stance. And I, I think they've taken that to heart in a lot of ways. And that has limited their ability to go on the offensive and enact policies that they truly believe in and uh, change that would be the, in the best interest of their constituents. It's the same thing I've been talking about for years. They already think you're literally a not. They think you're literally worse than <laughs> Hitler. Stop worrying about what the left thinks. Stop it. They already mm -hmm. think you're Hitler. There's no coming back from that. It's over. <laughs> you yeah. can't reach across the aisle. They're not your buddy. No, you're not going to be like fucking kumbayaing around a campfire at some point. They yeah. think you're Hitler. They think men can be women and they want to kill babies up until nine months. Fuck them. Take your wins. I would say up, up until up until like birth, uh, minutes yeah. or hours past birth. Like, <laughs> take your W's and go after more and get fucking ruthless. Stop thinking there's some way to unite this. Can we be? So I, I think there's almost like a psyop that has been uh, has been projected on the politicians, and they've kind of believed that they're in kind of, I guess, uh, a reciprocal relationship that they need to cultivate and they need to, like, um, to work with the other side yeah, it's and just nonsense. reach across the aisle. But that's just not how politics is these days. The two parties are so diametrically opposed. You need to attack. You need to go for the fucking throat. And, and not only that, and this is how we got to this point anyway, this idea that you could compromise. But the compromise was always on the side of progressivism, which is still mm -hmm. progress for them, right? Just so when, like 10 years ago, when they did, when they did like the same-sex marriage thing, uh, and you're like, okay, that's fine, whatever, right? Well, as long as, you know, you don't... Uh, bother us with it and they're like okay yeah we won't bother you so the needle gets shifted more but then they started bothering us about stuff or bothering them or whoever right and it's like and now they're like they want to do drag kids story hour or some shit and so the needle just keeps getting shifted to progressivism that's what happens well, the overton window is now that is <clears throat> yeah the overton window that's what happens when you compromise or when you only compromise on one so and this is a thing i've noticed this about or you compromise with lunatics. Yeah. Well, and this is the and this is the thing. So, conservatives, the right, historically, politically, um, and this is where DeSantis beats Trump hands down, is that they've always they would uh, they would compromise on social issues as long as they got their fiscal issues, so tax cuts and blah 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 economy and stuff, which is great because, but it's also kind of a it's also the other psyop because as conservatives or the right will keep their mouth shut as long as they're comfortable with money. Right. Mm -hmm. So as long as the economy is roaring and stuff, we don't care if they have drag queen story hour down the street, we're fine. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong because, and, and it's so it's almost the uniparty basically created this divide by keeping the right happy with fiscal policies and keeping the left happy with social policies. And this is how we've gotten this Grand Canyon divide now that we can't reach across. And DeSantis is the first, probably the most significant culture warrior uh, in politics in my lifetime, without a doubt. Because I think what I think what you're explaining is the shift in the conservative party. It's no longer about conservative politics. It's become more libertarian. And and liberty and is so a... that, 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 that morality that morality has kind of left the yeah. building. And it's now just everyone have the freedom to do as they well, please and, which isn't conservative. Liberty is well because it's because I left conservatives adopted liberty as one of their you know uh primary tenets or pillars but liberty needs to be rooted in it morality does. but that's because right? the liberals abandon liberty 
the liberals were yeah. the liberty people at one time, and then they just totally abandoned it. So conservatives are like, I guess it's ours now. And so they took it, <laughs> right? But they didn't really know what to do with it until recently. And so, right. uh, but liberty is also a cultural issue. It's not just because liberty is mm-hmm. like the cultural religion, right? It, right. Th- that's the only way it propagates. It's got to be like a, a religion of your culture, not like an actual religion religion, but it has to have people that believe in it and teach it and understand it like at like a religion. Um, and DeSantis has been sort of on the forefront of the culture war with a lot of liberty, but also because he understands what wokeism is and he's fighting against it. And this is where he would be better than Trump as far as the federal level, because he would know what to go after to sort of stop this fucking the 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 slippery slope, well, not he, slippery slope. Yeah, yeah. He he has more political acumen, right? He understands the game better than Trump did. Well, it's it's not Trump that Trump was he, swinging and swinging hard, but he but, but no, DeSantis knows the intricacies. It's not a right? it's not a politics thing. What he needs it's for him, but he needs he, he knows the culture. What? It's a culture. He understands the culture better. Like he's the only politician to ever do it. Like let's be honest, who was attacking the culture on the right prior? Nobody. But I don't. Th- I think Trump had similar a similar ideology, but he didn't quite know how to get things done, how to enact his policies and get his thoughts and beliefs. Well, he passed. never would have got his policy, even if he had an idea of what the policy should be. It would never would have happened for him, right? Because he had to have a serial Congress. They wouldn't even give money to build the wall. This is the same Congress that wouldn't give him five billion dollars to finish the wall that sent a hundred and twenty billion dollars to Ukraine in the last ten months. Think about that. Zelensky needs a new hose. <laughs> I, was, I was talking about DeSantis and his victory over Disney and his public expose of Martha's Vineyard and how he has a better command on the culture. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely, uh, he's the best, obviously he's the best right-wing culture warrior we've ever seen, at least in the modern times. <clears throat> because he understands, like he understands, so he's the guy that, you know how there's that old saying that politics is downstream of culture right but we i don't believe it i th- you know who made that saying up politicians that didn't want to use their power to change the culture made up that saying right because culture and politics are adjacent to each other and they both influence each other and desantis understands they do. that they do and so he knows that he can influence the culture so yeah, like I think a good example of that would be how many uh, blue-haired land whales were there in the 1950s? Absolutely none. And what were the what was the politics like in the 1950s? Probably very conservative. Probably completely completely foreign to the politics we enjoy today. <clears throat> I mean, uh, up until very recently, America was almost strictly a right-wing country forever. It's like since its inception. Yes, yes, right? it was. Well, that was the kind of the point, yeah. right? And so it's only been recently that, I mean, Democrats are still kind of right. A lot of them are still quote unquote right wing in insofar that they're warmongers and stuff like that. But they have adopted a lot of left wing social issues to discombobulate the culture. That's on purpose. They're trying to destroy America, not actually promote anything. But that's separate. Mm-hmm. They're not actually, most of them aren't actually left wingers and don't actually believe that men can have babies or whatever the fuck is going on, right? But DeSantis, yeah, he's a he's. This is his actual like strength over Trump is uh, he's a much stronger culture warrior, mm-hmm. and he knows how to influence the culture and how to enact laws that will do that. And he's shown that. Yeah, let's say he's probably the he's the first that's gone off after the culture with uh, political measures, mm-hmm. right? Usually it's just um, verbiage yeah. when it comes to politicians. And he also, they just talk a mean yeah, game. And look at, but he actually goes and implements laws that look to change the culture and enact real ch- And look at what his policies have done in Florida. They had a red wave in Florida. They have a, there's a, it's they a did. Republican supermajority in his legislature now. And mm-hmm. and that's because they passed all these culture affecting laws. Obviously, mm-hmm. going after the culture is not a losing issue like Republicans seem to think it was forever, right? It's a winning issue 
This is how you win. And DeSantis is showing us how to win. Now, the problem is, could he do that at the federal level? Probably not. He'd have, there's too many scumbags in Congress. They just cock block him like they did Trump. Um, people think that it's a state statesman issue that, you, you know, if you just glad hand enough guys behind the scenes that they will give you the yes vote. No, they, Congress will block anything they think is significant or the establishment goons in Congress will block anything they think is significant mm -hmm. to destabilize their power. It doesn't matter who it is.